This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric, along with my buddy, Chris. What's what is going, going on, on, everyone? Yeah, I know. We missed you last week, bro. Where you been? Happy 21st. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, I know. You know, wish I could do something about it, but I got <laughs> too many damn tests and exams. Yeah, I know. It happens. It happens to the best of us, but at least now you could legally drink. Did you do? Did you drink the day of your birthday, too? Or no, no, I did not. Did not at all? No. For me, I'm like, that's a must. I gotta at least do that, but... Um, yeah, but now you can have one casually. Uh, you know what's really weird about being 21? So the one night, I think I was doing an ex- uh, an essay, and I had leftover beers for my 21st birthday. And they're in my mini fridge right there behind you. And I took one out while I was doing it. Drinking by yourself is weird. It is. It's it just is, like yeah. a different level <laughs> of weird. Because you're like, you're just chugging this thing. I'm like, I could very well just be drinking water. But right now, I just like whipped out a beer. I'm like, I didn't need to do that. Like... But you can. Yeah, exactly. That's like the weird part. It's like just because you can, that is why you're doing it. Um, So short week for the NFL. Not much news going on, but we got a couple things to talk about. Uh, Whatever I went over last week is what we already know. So up until this week, there we have a couple new things. And I mentioned this on my radio show earlier today. And I pretty much said the NFL is turning into like a big episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It's kind of turning into like that. Like there's not many signings that I have written down. It's mostly just... A bunch of players' egos getting the best of themselves. Uh, most notably, Antonio Brown. Oh, so, uh, yeah. yeah, Antonio Brown, for some reason, came out and started taking shots at Juju for some reason. Um, and then Juju's comeback was just like, I've show, I've, I literally didn't do anything. I don't know why you're coming at me and like, in public, like where everyone is seeing it. Like, it's just, it's just so weird. And pretty much what Antonio Brown said, he's like, oh, you fumbled the last game of the season while you were just too busy being on Twitter and stuff like that. that that's, like, the gist of it I for the like, most part. I feel like he's the last person to say that. You know, he's been notorious for doing things on social media, as he is continuing to do. I don't know why he's I, doing I don't this. get it. And, and people, I mean, you ask a lot of Steelers fans, they like Juju regardless. So now that AB is gone, he's already, you know, not very – they're not very fond of him. And now you have Juju here, and he's taking shots at Juju. I just – I don't get it. I, I, Juju's such a likable guy. Yeah, I know. I heard on a different podcast, and they said it. They said this months in advance. Um, this is when AB and Juju were still boys at the time, and pretty much they said, um, "I think there's a bunch of jealousy going on in that locker room with AB and Juju." Um, considering that AB is like, he's considered one of the better wide receivers in the game right now, maybe even all time if he continues his pace, which mm-hmm. I think he's going to go on a downhill slope, which we'll get into later. But I think. Antonio Brown pretty much got jealous of Juju, and he w- he was just like, oh, it's the new young kid in town. He's very likable because he has like an online personality, too. In college, he was that guy, and now coming into the NFL, he still is that guy. Like Everyone loves him. And pretty much now, AB just, I don't know where this stemmed from. I, d- I have no idea. I don't think anything happened behind the scenes where Juju made fun of Antonio Brown. The only thing I could think of is Juju posting uh, that picture. Um it was basically like, oh, I'm getting ready for next season. Yeah. And it was him scoring a touchdown against the Raiders. I don't yeah. think that's where it came from. It could have, but yeah, that was months have, but... ago. That was like a while ago, like as soon as he got traded. Um, yeah, and then again, like I said before, Juju pretty much came out and said, I didn't do anything but show you respect. And AB was like, oh, yeah? And then he posted on his Instagram. What, the um, DM? Yeah, it was like 10, dot, 10 periods or dots, right? 
a microphone emoji and then hashtag onto the next one. And literally, it was the picture of Juju sending AB a message while he was still at USC, mm-hmm. um, saying, what's up, AB? I'm a receiver at the University of Southern California. I appreciate all your work. You're a great man on and off the field. Do you have any tips that can help my game to the next level? That could take my game to the next level, excuse me. He goes, thanks, man. So your comeback was showing that, oh, he's a very humble guy who really like admires you as like a person and as a wide yeah. receiver. That's your comeback? I, I didn't get that one either. And I mean, if you read everybody's comments it. to it too, they're like, what what is he what is this? What is he trying to do? Like they're like, Oh, if you're like they were joking, they're like, Oh, if your uh, your idea was to make Juju even more likable, like you did it. That's <laughs> exactly it's like that if that was your goal, congratulations, but yeah. I don't think that was his goal. I think what he saw out of it, he was like, Oh yeah, people are gonna think like like oh this this dude has no game and he's pretty much just asking the higher like the nicer guy at the game yeah or, how to do everything because he can't figure it out himself I'm like yeah, that's not or, the case if anything nowadays you know how you have like uh, Andy Reid having Pat Mahomes back up Alex Smith that first year yeah it's kind of like that where it's like oh you ha- you learn from the higher up guy and then you'll work you'll kind of he'll kind of show you the ropes and then he'll mm-hmm. get the hang of it. And now lo and behold, he becomes MVP. Maybe Alex Smith had something to do with it, but now he got to learn the playbook and stuff like that. I see it as I'm a play, I'm playing alongside this guy. I want to learn from him as much as I can. So I don't see how that's an insult. It's ridiculous. And one more thing I wanted to add. So a while ago, once Juju was drafted, I think Juju tweeted or Antonio Brown acknowledged the tweet or tweeted it. I forgot who did it. I think it was Juju though. And he said, Oh, he sent. I think he posted that same screenshot of the mm-hmm. DM, and then he that he had a second picture on Twitter, which was him lining up with AB, pretty much teaching him like how to run routes at Heinz Field, like just them two. And he was yeah. like, "Oh, it's like a great transformation. It's just like I'm so I'm so honored to like be a part of this organization and like play with Antonio Brown." And and now he's taking shots at you. It's going to be very interesting. I don't know what the schedule's like this year for the Steelers and Raiders, but I don't think they cross paths. But if they do, I would love to see something like that happen. Yeah, I mean, another thing that I wouldn't be surprised about is, as we're all learning because it's coming out more and more each day, is uh, AB's ego. I wouldn't be surprised if the reason he posted it, because in his eyes he's like, oh, well, Juju is nothing without me. And that's what he was trying to show. Like, oh, I made Juju who he is. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what he was trying to, to cut across. Yeah, and then you sent me the screenshot. Justin Reed uh, replied, tweeted to it, and he was just like, I respect this game, but I can't wait to smash this dude. No need for that. Yeah. Can't, couldn't agree more. And then Eric Weddle responds to that reply saying, no need for that. Showing true colors right here. No respect for this dude. Um, so obviously the league is you know not taking this very lightly, especially yeah. Vince Williams and Cam, Cameron, uh, Cam Hayward. Um, from the Steelers who we previously played with, so past teammates even said, I don't address my personal life, I don't address my personal relationships via social media like attention whores and clowns. If I got your number, I'll call. If I have your address, I'll pull up. And then Cam Hayward said, You have the address, pull up then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Vince Williams was like, Fire the egg up and I'm on the way. Yeah. Um, uh, honestly, this I don't know where this is all coming from. I don't know if it's because he got paid. I don't know if he's finally out of Pittsburgh that he's really trying to show how he feels about everyone. Um, I'm really not about that. And I think, like we mentioned um, off air, that we, we think Antonio Brown's career is pretty much going to take a dive from here. We don't see yeah. it going up. Like He's going to have 1,000-yard thousand yard, thousand yard years, 
um, over the next three years until he's a free agent again. But I don't think he's going to have the same success as he had in Pittsburgh as he's going to have um, in Oakland. No, probably not. Like, not at all. Like, it's... And he's going to look back and be like, oh, I remember playing for the Steelers. It was one of the best times of my life. I'm like, you you could have stayed if you wanted to. So there's really yeah. – I could see that totally happening. And he's going to be one of those players that signs a one-year contract with the Steelers right before he retires, just kind of like an homage to that. But he's going to be one of those receivers where your best years was with that team. So mm-hmm. you know how like Randy Moss had like pretty good years with the Vikings and like just a good couple years with the Patriots. Yeah. Like I know it's on like a different level, but it's going to be something like that where it's yeah. like you had great years here. You know something. You know I I can't stress that enough. I really I don't think him being with the Raiders is going to benefit him in any way, shape, or form. I don't think they're going to excel as much as they think they are because again, John, John Gruden's there for ten years, so literally they signed him knowing that 10 years from now you better have this all together yeah and i mean ab is not in terms of receivers in the nfl he's not very young no he's up there so 31 i think he's around there yeah something like that 30 so he's he's older i mean that's not old and a common person but in the nfl you know when you leave like look what happened with jordy nelson jordy nelson leave they get he gets cut or traded from the Packers, I don't remember what it was, and he goes and plays in Oakland, and he doesn't do anything, and he retires. Like, yeah, I know. I could totally see that happening. Yeah. Like, a 100%. And the other thing was, remember that one week where he talked about uh, Big Ben having issues with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and those yeah. of, and everyone on the team, basically? Someone tweeted, and um, this guy Nick that I listened to on the Veterans Minimum, Podca- Veterans Minimum Podcast, shout out to them, he said, remember when everyone thought... Big Ben was the main issue in Pittsburgh. I'm not saying his hands are completely clean, but this weekend proved who the biggest issue was in Pittsburgh, which was this was right after um, these tweets came out, basically. Yeah. Um, couldn't agree more. Uh, I don't think Big Ben, like, I don't think he's completely clean. I definitely think there were some issues uh, behind yeah, closed definitely. doors where he probably didn't communicate well enough with these other players, but... Antonio Brown, we we all know his type of ego, and we all know what that can bring to the locker room. Nothing is going to be um, as clean as you think it is when they're winning. You don't, no one really pays attention to it. Exactly. It's when they're losing, everyone comes out and they're like, "Oh, is this the reason why?" Yeah. So that was the spotlight that they had on them. And I'm not sure if you saw this video, and I'm not going to play it or anything. It was pretty much uh, Ryan Clark. He works for ESPN, yeah. and he was a former player for the Steelers, uh-huh. and he was there before Antonio Brown got paid. And um, back in January, he pretty much said in a video, it's like, uh, I think he mentioned that if you pay Antonio Brown, you're going to see his true colors and what he's going to do. Because apparently he walked around the organization like he was, the, he's like, I am the franchise. I don't need to, I don't need to practice with these bums or something like that. Yeah. Like that's how he would act towards the DBs. And he, again, he said that in January and Ryan Clark took a lot of heat after saying that about Antonio Brown. And now the truth is like really coming out. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Knowing that he said that a while ago, that also shows that, you know, A.B. could have been the biggest issue there. And now I don't know if how much um, Le'Veon Bell had to do with much of this because he was chasing a contract. Like, without, yeah. like that, that was his main goal. Like, Big Ben, he's there until he's retired. So if he's not, agree- if he's not agreeing with these players and he's not getting along with them, then, then he's going to be the issue in that locker room. And the same thing with Antonio Brown. He finally got his money, so people are, like, really paying attention to... Um, if he's going to get along with every single player while Le'Veon Bell was just like, I just want to get this contract. Like, I don't care about mm-hmm. anything else. Like, I, I can perform however the way I want. So that really goes to show you that there was a lot of issues going on in Pittsburgh between three, all three of those guys, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's sad to see that. Um, and speaking of more Kardashians talk, so the Bleacher Report came out with an article about 
Aaron Rodgers and how he is as a teammate and how he is as a leader in his relationship with uh, Mike McCarthy. And just recently, I think yesterday or a day to a uh, day or two ago, um, Aaron Rodgers came out and said, it's like, Oh, my relationship with Mike McCarthy wasn't bad. We had good years. Um, but I don't know why people freak out over our relationship when we won a Super Bowl and when we were won 19 games, um, no one was saying anything, but he did say that their relationship was on and off. But, like, no one's going to say anything, like I said a second ago. When you're winning, everything's all yeah. good. Like, no one's going to look in your direction. They're just going to assume everything's okay behind closed doors. And um, pretty much, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, there's this article that came out for Bleacher Report where they spoke to, you know, past teammates or current teammates about Aaron Rodgers and how his relationship with all the players um, in the locker room and Mike McCarthy weren't so great to the point where... Aaron Rodgers would get a play from Mike McCarthy, go in the huddle, change the play, and then make re- receivers that he doesn't like, like run wrong routes. So his position coach will come out and try to like like yell at him and like make him basically make him look bad. Yeah. And what he would do is, um, since you know Jordy left without them talking about it, like now he's retired. Like mm-hmm. maybe he could have still been in the league if he was still with the Packers, but um, they he's out of the league. And then Randall Cobb leaves, and you know. He now he just has Devontae Adams now, yeah. which I'm sure all he wants to throw all he wants to do is throw to him, but that's not the case. You really can't do that. So and with these other like third tier wide receivers, what he would do is he would send him on a flag route and then throw it at the actual route he was supposed to run. That way his position coach and Mike McCarthy will come out and be like, What are you doing? Yeah. And stuff like that. Like to try to make him look bad. And if that's the case, uh, he's that's a very it's very drama queen esque type behavior you have to think to do that like that's not something that would have just come to my head and that i've been like oh let me you know change up this whole thing and have him run all these wrong routes and like because that could really screw over the whole team yeah that could be yeah you can what do you, what do you think aaron Rodgers throws out of bounds all the time yeah like that like he's probably like he probably sent them on a go route when they weren't supposed to run that route maybe even a slant and just toss it out of bounds yeah and just make him look bad. And the other thing, players would eventually catch on to him changing plays. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's kind of like a decision where you have to decide, should I listen to Mike McCarthy or should I listen to Aaron Rodgers? So yeah. in that scenario, what would you do? Would you listen to the coach or would you listen to Aaron Rodgers? Because he's sending you on this route, right? And you have to listen to him because he's the leader of the, the pack, basically, on the field. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you're not doing the right thing because he changed it and the coach didn't say to do that... Who do you listen to there? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a tough scenario because you don't want to go against your coach, but you don't want to go against the quarterback. That's he's why he's the one tough. giving you the ball. But so. if you're a player really trying to prove a spot on the team, yeah, what can you do? Yeah, I mean, you definitely in that situation, you definitely don't want to get on Aaron Rodgers' bad side because the second you get on his bad side, he's gonna voice that to the coach, and then you know you could be gone in a second. But yeah, he has that power basically. Yeah. Not that he would use it, not that he's used it in the past. I'm just saying, you know, he's he, he has that power. He can definitely do it. Yeah, and so Aaron Rodgers came out about this article and uh, said, um, this was a smear attack by a writer looking to advance his career, talking with mostly irrelevant, bitter players who have an agenda, whether they're advancing their own careers or just stir old stuff up. And that was his claim. Um, to me, I think... It, this may or may not be true. I, I don't want to just assume, but to me, how I see it, um, Aaron Rodgers does make the decisions over there, and in, in in you know, in that organization with the Packers in Green Bay, and you know, I think he is 
changing plays in the huddle. From what I heard also, Mike McCarthy, like when people were coming out and like the team was trying to adjust, say, we need to run the ball more. Mm-hmm. Apparently they did, but Aaron Rodgers would change the play to a, a, a passing play because he's like, no, I want to throw the ball. I don't want to run the ball. And it's it's just a weird scenario because even Aaron Jones, who's set to have a pretty good year this year, um, came out and said, no, he's like a fantastic leader and stuff like that. So I don't even know if that's true. But honestly, I wouldn't. It, it's not hard to believe if Aaron Rodgers would audible out of a run play to try to pass the ball to make himself look better. Well, did you hear that uh, HaHa Clinton Dix had mentioned something? I, I don't know. What did he say? He, uh, he was tweeting some stuff and he was kind of... He was. It seemed like he was taking more of the side of uh, Aaron Rodgers, and, and I don't remember exactly what he was saying, but I'm pretty sure it was along the lines of something like, "Oh, like he never once saw an issue, and he was never exposed to that, so he doesn't know where it's coming from." Stuff. It was multiple tweets, but it uh, they were kind of like along the the gist of something like that. Like he personally was in the locker room, and he's like, "I don't know where this is coming from because I never." experienced it when when he was there i mean don't get me wrong mike mccarthy isn't the best best coach in the league um in any way shape or form but i still want to know if aaron Rodgers was a big part of that um because again they've done it for they, they've been together for years but at, at some point um you come to realize it's like you know maybe i should move on because i'm now making all this money now let's try to win you know that's what an organization should be doing yeah and now you got a whole new guy in there um, and it's going to change the whole dynamic of the team. So we're really going to see this all come to fruition this year. Apparently there was rumors that Mike McCarthy wasn't even on the field half the time. He really wasn't a locker room guy. He really didn't get the room like to follow him as much as other coaches do, which is believable. You really see him out there, and he, re- he really doesn't seem to... He doesn't seem like the type of guy to really make a locker room come together and listen to you, especially this later in his career. Um, so yeah, again, I, I can't tell you if this is true or not. Again, it's coming from Bleacher Report. And a lot of people don't like Bleacher Report. <laughs> like, if yeah. you look on their Twitter, a lot of people say, oh, they talk about Zion way too much. Or, or LeBron. Or LeBron <laughs> way too much. And, you know, they're very, not biased per se, but they but only, they, they avoid. They focus on certain things. They only, yeah. their voice is only on certain things, exactly. So, I don't know. We're going to see this all come together this year. If they have a positive season, maybe Mark, Mike McCarthy was the reason. If they yeah. run the wall, if they run the ball a bit more, maybe their new coach has, like, more control of what Aaron Rodgers does now. But, this is the same case where you give a guy a bunch of money um, on a long-term deal or an extension, and this is how they come to act because they think they're entitled to do whatever they want. It's like, oh, they're paying me this amount of money. I can yeah. make this decision now. And, you know, it's just a sad thing to see, um, especially with a guy who is considered one of the greatest of all time, like to play yeah. the position. Like even Tom Brady has come out and said if he was on the Patriots, he would have like nine titles. Yeah. Like with, for no question at all. Um Anyway, here's what I got here. So the the newest signing, um, which is interesting to me, um, is Demarcus Lawrence, who agreed to a five year, 105 million dollar deal with the Cowboys. 65 million of that is guaranteed. Um, this is very interesting because uh, I feel like the Cowboys would have waited until camp to try to negotiate more deals, but they got the deal done. Um, with Demarcus Lawrence, you got to pay the guy. I mean, he's he's fantastic, and in a division where he performs really well, you you got to give that guy that amount of money that he was asking for. Um, but I'm very confused as to why they didn't wait because they still have guys left to sign. Like they still yeah. need to extend Dak Prescott, which, you know, they have time to do, but they also need to extend Amari Cooper. They need to, you know, extend all these guys. Then Zeke is going to come out of his rookie deal in like the next coming years. So, yeah. and money's not looking tight for them. Um, money is looking tight for them is what I mean. Uh, 
Demarcus Lawrence, it's like you really can't not sign this dude. He's That's just that thing. he's that good. You can't not sign him, but I when I heard that deal, I it was like mm, something something That's a lot of something's money. gonna have to give. Somebody's not gonna be so coming no, back. Exactly. Something's gonna happen. I mean, they already like Cole Beasley walk, and he's one of those staple guys on the Cowboys where it's kind of like a safety blanket ever since Winton left. And I th- like I said before, I think Winton came back so you could pay that that guy. You know, you yeah. could, like, give Winton like 800k, he'll take it, or like a one year one year one million dollar deal, yeah. he'll take it. Um, but the way this plays out for the Cowboys, I think their narrative now is, which is weird because last year um, their narrative was, oh, we have the best offensive line in the league. Dak Prescott's a young guy. He could perform behind them. Come this year, there's a bunch of injuries that plagued them on the line, and you kind of saw Dak Prescott's true colors. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, he performed well enough where it's like, we got to pay him. You know what I mean? And you know people are saying like to extend him. Uh, but now I think their narrative is, Oh, we had a nice defense this year. We draft Van Der Esch. Sean Lee was hurt. He's coming back. Demarcus Lawrence is now signed again. Um, they're like, we have to try to keep something afloat. I think defense is our best bet. Like, if we're going to fall back on our offense, we're going to figure that out in the future. But right now, we got to keep this defense together. But what's really interesting about that strategy is I feel like the uh, NFC East is not very offense loaded. I feel like it's, 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 I mean, I'm not saying their defenses are amazing either, but their offense, there's not very high production coming from from that division i feel like well the highest production we saw is the super bowl year that the eagles won Mm -hmm. um and the redskins never really had anything together now they signed landon collins and then they still have josh norman and they have a pretty solid defense now yeah cowboys have a solid defense eagles are trying to keep that defense kind of floating around but guys are getting old and they had a pretty good offseason and the giants are like you know whatever they're trying to put it together but I guess now that's becoming a more defensive-oriented type division where everyone's offense is kind of in shambles because, again, Dak Prescott, he's good and he's bad. you know. Yeah. And then you have Alex Smith who got injured, and now you bring in Case Keenum, who isn't anyone's yeah. long-term deal. Uh, long-term goal is what I mean. And then Eli, he was even rumored to come back in 2020. Yeah. Don't know why everyone's thinking that far down the line. So there's people that need new quarterbacks, and then Carson Wentz needs to stay healthy. So a lot of drama for – those offenses there but yeah yeah, i think the cowboys narrative now is like let's let's try to keep this defense together and if someone's got to go if someone's got to give like you said then so be it just gotta see who that is do you think do you even think amari cooper sticks around because he's i don't know why he has has he even gotten signed yet he's still a free agent because he got traded mid-season i mean to be honest i think this they need to sign him back there was a there was a good connection between him and Dak. They were working well together. They needed that. Was, that. They needed like, that, and like that's giving what up got giving up far. that first was their best decision. Everyone exactly. thought that was their worst decision. Exactly, and and you know they automatically within that that next week when they started playing because I think they had a bye week when they picked him up, and then yeah. that next week he so came he got in, to learn the playbook, and he was fine. Like it, he came in as if he was with the team from the start of the season. Exactly, and, and he was getting he had like what three touchdown games. Yeah, something he, like that. he fit like perfectly into yeah, it. Yeah, so they need that's like they have Zeke. And they have him, and that is fine with Dak. That's fine. But they need to keep that together. Exactly. I, th- I heard they brought Hearns back. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, as I think well. I heard about that, too. Like, yeah. for the year. So he's fine. Beasley's gone. You know, Dak needs to get an extension eventually. This is a team you really got to keep an eye on because it's very strange how they're going to turn out. It could be a whole different team yeah. um, come this season um, if this Demarcus Lawrence contract doesn't come to bite them. But... I think Cowboys fans would have been very disappointed if he didn't get re-signed. So, yeah. honestly, good on their part. That's something yeah. they... Literally, 
Cowboys like to do the opposite of what people want them to do. This time they did exactly what they wanted them to do. So hats off to them, but we'll see how this plays out for them. Yeah. Uh, did you – let's talk about the Jets for a second. Did you see their new uniforms that they unveiled? Yeah. What did you think? They're eh? all right. All right. <laughs> Listen, they're black uniforms. I, I dig it. Those are pretty nice. But they, are those the alternative jerseys? Are those going to be like? I don't know if it's like a color rush type thing. I'm like, I'm oh, you should wear that a lot more. It doesn't look like they're going to. I think they're trying to rock the one Sam Darnold was wearing, which is the, the green and then like yeah. the white stripe that no one cares about on the yeah. shoulder. Like, what is that? I don't, I don't know. know. It's a little strange. Then they have the white jersey too. That one wasn't too bad. Not too bad. No, it was, it was it was all right. I personally, like me personally, I like usually, every team has, I think for the most part, a white jersey. I personally like majority of the time the white jerseys. I just feel like it makes every other color that, whatever team it is, that other color, it makes it pop. Like it makes it stand out automatically. So I autom- I, I am a fan of the, the away jerseys typically, the white jerseys. But they're, they're they still right. have that weird stripe that nobody asked yeah. for. <laughs> you know, it's, I, like yeah. a, it's a weird thing. And they also... You know, they also their uniforms were leaked like two two days. Yeah, they prior, were. Yeah, and that was exactly what they released. So. And and people were not happy. I yeah, remember no. seeing they're like, I hope this isn't it because they look like that um CFL team. Yeah, the Rough do. Riders. Yeah, right. Like they they're that green, and I don't know. I think it pops too much to me. I'm just glad they didn't choose like a lime green. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, like they, stick stick to that type of green. Yeah, they had a darker green, and then like it's a little bit brighter, the newer jerseys, but it's not. I don't know. I, I don't know either. And they also unveiled their new logo, quote unquote, because it was exactly the same. Yeah. Like, there's no different. Like, this time it doesn't say NY Jets. Now it says New York Jets. I was informed today that the Jets may even have a loophole to try to opt out of being, being you know, um, at MetLife. Like, they may even find, like, a stadium in Brooklyn or oh, wow. Long Island, but they're still the New York Jets. Yeah. And uh, I just told him, I'm like, I guess you can't go to MetLife anymore if they do that. And he was like, doesn't matter to me. I'll go to Long Island, I guess. But yeah. But yeah, now it says New York Giants instead of NY Giants, the way it's always been. Giants, Jets, excuse yeah. me. Um, but yeah, speaking of the Jets as well, I brought that up because apparently there was an article that came out that they very badly want to trade out of that third pick. And it's very strange to me that they very badly want to because if you trade down, cool, you got some assets. But even if you don't trade and you don't find a suitable partner to get that tr- get that trade going, you still have a third pick. Mm-hmm. So... To be very badly wanting to get out of that third pick, I think there's something going on. Like, I th- like I think they really want to get a specific someone, and it's not working out for them right now. If they very ba- badly want to get out of that, yeah, they there may be somebody that they're interested in and they don't believe they're gonna get, or they thought they were interested in somebody and they're bringing them in for like training and like workouts and they're not impressed. It could be either of the two. Yeah, that might be. And the then case. they could be like, you know, all right, this is not what we thought we were gonna get, so. A third pick is very, very attractive to tons of teams. So they'll be like, all right, you know, you give us this pick. Maybe you get somebody, some player out of it who, you know, I don't think they're going to be an all-star, but maybe like two or three pretty okay players, pretty average players, and then give up a third round and then get another pick from them in exchange something. Yeah, because they also mentioned on this podcast that I thought they were going to be trading out right before the draft. It looks to me they're going to wait till the day of the draft to try to make a trade, just yeah, so that people who are desperate for that pick um, are going to offer like 10 things that they want, and well, they'll be like, the we'll thing. take it. they got to wait and see, because the third pick, like I said, very attractive. Anybody can offer anything. But it's scary because I named at least four or five teams that, are, that should be willing to trade yeah. that aren't in division or anything on one of our episodes. 
And I don't know why. If you very badly want to trade out, that means you aren't comfortable with trading with any of these teams, if that's the case. So yeah. I'm just not sure what's going on there. Um, also, another thing, since they're, they're having a fantastic offseason, like they've signed everyone that they should have signed. Yeah. Like they had C.J. Mosley on a good deal. They also got Bell. Uh, Bell. Didn't they get Sandejo too, if I'm not mistaken, since they didn't, they didn't get Barr? I think they got him on like a one-year deal. They may have. I don't remember. I think so. Something like that. And so you're having a pretty good offseason. What's what's the panic over losing this third pick? Again, because if Bosa drops to you, is that the worst thing in the world? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, it's 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 a weird thing to think about. It's such a Jets thing to do. There's no other way to put it. It's such a Jets thing to do. It is a very Jets thing to do. Um, so now we just have a couple of house cleaning things that I saw. Um, before I say any of them, was there any news that you saw this week that you wanted to add? Because I don't think some of the things you sent me, um, I didn't really have anything on. But if you wanted to kind of touch on them, you can if you would like to. Um, one thing that I found interesting actually was that, uh, the Bills signed an English rugby star, Christian Wade to play running back. I saw that. It's yeah. like a protecting running back or yeah. something like that. I yeah. was, I was surprised about that. I mean, cause you know, you've, there's been some small signings from the, uh, former AAF players. There's been some signings there, which I mean, you expect to happen. That's kind of what they were expecting to happen. Yeah, they they like wanted it. The, the, the starting quarterback for the Apollos signed with, uh, uh, the Browns, so he's backing yeah. up uh, Baker Mayfield now. We got Luis Perez, who got signed to a one-year deal with the Eagles that you showed mm-hmm. me that I didn't see yet. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool because I'm like a I'm like a, a fan kind of of this guy. I think he's pretty nice because like, I don't know his story is what I like the most. Um, but now he's backing up Carson Wentz. So and I also told Chris over text, I'm like, if you're if you're if Chris Carson Wentz gets hurt, expect another um, Nick Foles type here from Luis Perez for sure. Yeah, I mean, one thing actually, going a little bit further back to what we were talking about with the Jets, is uh, that I had seen that it says that one player who uh, has been mentioned in trade talks is their uh, former first-round pick, Darren Lee, as a linebacker. So that's that's another interesting thing. If they trade that, maybe, you know, if they end up keep, maybe they're trying to to morph something they're trying to get rid of him they're trying to get another pick out of him maybe yeah, i don't know what's going I have, on dude. i have no idea if i'm the jets i'm not trading anything else besides the pick itself yeah but that's because yeah realistically they can trade lee and they can trade the pick and get two solid things out of it separately it wouldn't make sense to trade it together because he was a former first round pick that's what i'm saying there's it doesn't make any sense no it doesn't make sense at all but um, know, the Jets are going to do some astronomical trade that should not have taken place, and I'm getting nervous about that because I'm like, you're such a, you're such, you're in a such comfortable situation that you shouldn't be panicking or make a panic move where you're going to regret it later on. Yeah. Uh. So what else we got here? Uh, I found this article, and it's a little strange to me because I've heard people with different opinions. Mostly the same opinion as mine, um, depending on your way of thinking and how much you watch football or watched football. Jamal Charles believes he belongs in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of that? And, you know, what? why does he, why is he thinking this? You know, prior to the two ACL tears, maybe he had a case. But I feel like once that happened, it was just, that was Downhill it. from there. He did nothing. Like, he, he hasn't even been a name that has come up in years, I feel like. It's no. been and after, three so years. And after the Chiefs, 
Um, it was nothing. It was the Broncos, and he was like a second string, third string yeah. running back. When where he apparently they told him that he was going to be like the number one guy, which doesn't make much sense. And then <laughs> he gets. I think he, he signs with the Jaguars yeah, after um, what's his name Leonard Fournette gets got injured. But they also had Carlos Hyde, so they weren't going to use Jamal really Charles anyway. Anything, no, yeah. I don't think he touched the field. I don't think so. I think so, they I, signed him in case anything happens. Yes, I don't. I don't know. Here's I mean, my case on this: Jamal Charles with the Chiefs, phenomenal. Um, but that was very short lived. Like you know, yeah. like it was. It didn't go on for a very long time. At one point, he was a number one pick in our in our uh, fantasy league. I think our yeah. buddy Melvin picked him first. Yeah, like, <laughs> like when he had the first pick in the and draft. Melvin had no idea who he was, and that's when he got injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's when he got injured. And that's when the ACL tear came back. That was like towards the tail end of his Chiefs career. Yeah, and that was major and more than likely the end of it. Um, to me, he's a fantasy Hall of Fame guy. Like in terms yeah. of fantasy, you are a Hall of Famer. But when it comes to the NFL, I don't think he put in enough years. And yeah, like if, if came it was... off injury a little too much. Like at least, you know, Adrian Peterson came back from the ACL tear. And he, won, yeah. and he won. Like I think, what was it? Comeback player of the year or something like MVP? that? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and if you do that, then you're considered somewhat of a Hall of Famer, I guess, if you put up those numbers. But I don't know why he thinks this. Yeah, I mean, he he's looking as he's like, oh, in the last few years, you should be a Hall of Famer. And there are third string running backs that have more yards and more touches than him. Yeah, that's pretty so that scary. that doesn't make any sense. It that's, doesn't make sense in the sense that you know you put in these good years, right? But at the same time, you have a guy like Kareem Hunt steps in, like right mm-hmm. after you, who is literally a spitting image of you. Yeah. He had a better jump start, I think, than he did. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I think he's just trying to milk out his career a little bit. Again, as a running back, your career is short-lived because you're taking hits mm-hmm. over and over and over again, as Marshawn Lynch would say. Um, but I would put Marshawn Lynch in the Hall of Fame before Jamal Charles. Yeah, I would. 100%. Yeah. And Jamal Charles didn't even win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, so. Jim, I'm not saying Jamal Charles is bad. I'm just saying, you know, I don't think his uh, his claim is 100 percent accurate. No, I, th- I, th- I think you put him in the book as like, oh, like if he's in Madden and you get his card from the years he was active, solid. Yeah, give it to me, <laughs> you know. But he's definitely not a Hall of Fame running yeah. back by any means. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, oh. This is a topic I really wanted to get into. So, the Ravens signed former Raiders wide receiver Seth Roberts. And immediately in my head, I'm just like, this is what they're going to continue to do. They're just going to keep signing these third-tier wide receivers because they're not an attractive place to sign a wide receiver in the market for a big contract. So, you don't sign like Tyrell Williams, who was a massive free agent. You don't sign guys like that because it's not attractive to those type of people. So I think the narrative from here on here on out is going to be that Lamar Jackson is going to run the ball. If he needs to throw, he's going to throw to these third-tier guys like John Brown, who was not with them anymore, I think, right? Yeah, Seth, and then yeah. who's with the Bills now? Uh, Seth Roberts, who's now with them. Willie Sneed, like, it's the, that's literally the same guy three times, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. It's the same guy. And I don't know. I, I don't think wide receivers are getting too excited about going to Baltimore because he's going to run the ball. He's going to give the ball to Mark Ingram, who signed a three-year deal. Mm-hmm. And then they just worked out Eddie Lacy. Um, so if he gets signed, that's going to be a weird backfield. It um, is. But, yeah, I think that's going to be the narrative here on out for the for Baltimore is that they're just going to keep signing these type of guys to one-year, two-year deals and not throw to them because yeah. that's just not their MO. Yeah, it's, it's weird because, you know, I feel like with with Flacco is the complete opposite. They would run, but obviously Flacco's not running, and uh, 
I mean, I can't think they didn't have anyone. I don't think too spectacular in their recent times, but they had pretty solid receivers. And I feel like they are completely. They're doing like a whole 180, and they're changing their whole offensive their whole minds. scheme is rough now. It's, and that's yeah. weird how John Harbaugh is adjusting so well, considering yeah. he had Joe Flacco all those years and that yeah. Super Bowl year. And now you make it to the playoffs with Lamar Jackson the way you're using him, and now you're just somehow used to that already. Yeah. It's a little weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he fully was adjusted or it was you know Lamar Jackson was just an athlete and he was just putting it on himself and getting it done. I mean, it seemed a lot of time at the beginning. It seemed like a lot of his runs he was the the pocket was closing and he just had to take off. And then I mean everybody knew of Lamar Jackson. During the draft, everybody heard of him. They did, We didn't know, you know, who was he going to get picked. There were worries he was going to go to the Pats. And then uh, he got drafted eventually by the uh, the Ravens. And then, I mean, he kind of showed up. He kind of lived up in the few games he played. He kind of lived up to it. So I feel like he's got a lot of talent, but very a lot different. A of talent, but very from, different. from here on out, you're, if you're looking to get a free agent wide receiver, not gonna it's be not there. looking good for you. Yeah, not looking good at all. I mean, if the money's there, they're going to take it. But if you're not throwing to them, I think it's just going to be a quiet year for that it's, wide receiver. Yeah, they're just going to be annoyed. I'm not expecting Seth Roberts to have a 10-touchdown type year. You know what I mean? Not at not all. Not at all. Um, so, like I mentioned before, Eddie Lacy worked out for the Ravens as well. This dude's 250 pounds still. <laughs> um, it's funny how this dude is still considered to be signed by a team. Like, when he was with the Seahawks, like, you drafted him in your fantasy league, and you thought he was going to have, like, a major comeback, but he still ended up gaining weight. Like, his incentives on the Seahawks if he cut was weight. if you cut weight. So yeah. that means this guy, either on the offseason, just gains weight and then signs to a team and tries to earn those incentives and then leave. That was a conspiracy theory I thought of today. <laughs> I'm just like, he purposely gains weight to lose it for the incentive. Like, with, and mind you, the incentive's like... 200 to 500 grand it's a lot of money a yeah. lot of money to just walk away with for losing 15 pounds yeah. that you can easily gain back because you're an athlete yeah um but yeah that's just a weird thing i don't i don't know why this dude is con- still continuing to be considered by teams <laughs> after years of being fat and not being able to I mean, that was the thing he was good on the packers and he put on weight and then he wasn't so good anymore the only person who really can put on weight and make it work is cj anderson like i don't think yeah. lady lacy <laughs> never made it work no cj anderson kind of came out of nowhere I feel like, I mean, I don't know if he necessarily put on weight or he was just always built, but I feel like Mark Ingram's pretty pretty big, too. Oh, no, he's going to have a fantastic year yeah. over there in Baltimore, for sure, because they're just going to keep running him all day. Yeah, he's a big guy. But if once you sign Eddie Lacy, that's a bit of a crowded backfield, because they have Gus Edwards, too. Yeah. And Gus Edwards had a pretty good year, like running with Lamar it, Jackson. It is going to be a weird backfield. I, I'm ex- Honestly, I'm excited to see it. If this dude comes out and just tosses to Willie Sneed and Seth Roberts all day... <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna be blown away because I don't know why you sign these guys if you're looking to have a breakout year as a quarterback, yeah. like in the pocket. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, what was the thing you told me about Adrian, Adrian Claiborne before you got in here? Oh yeah, Adrian Claiborne he has a second got, stint with the yeah. He just Falcons got signed now. with the Falcons. He got resigned. Yeah. What was the deal? I don't know. I think it was a one year deal. To be honest, one I don't think deal. it was anything big. But yeah, yeah, you're not gonna sign him. To we we let him walk. He went to the Pats, and then now we got him back, which. In my opinion, we needed we needed another pass rusher, uh, and then like you know a run stopper. We needed that, so yeah, for sure. I think um, that was smart. That was a smart deal, but at the at the same time, you're getting a guy who now has a ring, but now he's kind of in like honeymoon, the honeymoon type phase, where yeah. he's just like, yeah, now it's my second stint, second stint with the team that I had success with, and 
Now I can just do whatever. Like, I'm just chilling. I have my Super Bowl ring now. Yeah. But I don't I, know if you want those type of guys. Like, I think you want guys that are much younger and, like, need some experience under their belt. Well, that was the thing. That's why last year we brought in uh, Bruce Irvin, and then we didn't re-sign him. And I feel like, for some reason... You should have. We, yeah, we are, are... For some reason, the Falcons love bringing in, like, these random older players on like defense. Like, mid-season looking to get yeah. signed. Like, they like, always they do They always do this. And it, in my opinion, it has to be... You know, as, for that veteran experience, there's they're not because they don't use them like they're not throwing them in as like a every down player. They're using them in as a substitute, and I feel like they're more there. You know, like when Vic Beasley had his career year with Sacks, they brought in Dwight Freeney, and Dwight Freeney was working with, um, with Vic Beasley, and like they were working out at the same times. And then like you know, Dwight Freeney, no matter how old he is, he's still talented. You're gonna you're gonna draw attention to him when he's on the field, and I feel like that that was the point. They they brought him in to kind of mentor him, and I feel like it worked, and then he went back to typical Vic Beasley. Exactly. But, so, anyway, know. we'll see how that plays out for them. But last thing I wanted to mention, unless there's anything else we needed to, because, again, it's a short week of news in the NFL as of right now. Yeah. And, again, always on this show, something happens the second we stop recording, so expect something to happen or something to go down as soon as we're done recording. But um, Russell Wilson um, has given a deadline to the Seahawks um, as to when they should give him a new deal, which is April 15th. So come this Monday, um, he expects a brand new deal. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're the Seahawks, got to sign him, right? Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely, 100%, right? There were talks that they might, like not. Like there were people saying that, oh, well, Doubt if it. they don't want to pay him, they should let him walk. But yeah, I don't think that's a smart idea. Doubt it. And I think they're going to sign him to like a six, seven-year deal. Because he's yeah. gonna like he's the type of player to take hits, and he's the type of player... Even though he runs out of the pocket, he's still very durable. So he's going to yeah. be good until he's like 38 years old. Yeah. Um, and also as a Giants fan, when I first heard um, that those rumors that he wanted to play for the Giants because, you know, his Sierra, his wife, is like yeah. had, business, had a business over there in New York. So it would be like much easier that way. Honestly, I, jumped, I, I turned my head a little bit because I was just like, that would be cool. But at the same time, like... We still want Rosen though, and I don't think that's even happening. But yeah. um, no, if you're the Seahawks, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they gave him a deadline because that's not really like him to do that. Because when the Legion of Boom came around, when he re-signed after his rookie deal, because he didn't get a great rookie deal because he no. was drafted in like the third round. Yeah, like Ryan Tannehill was a first round pick that draft, yeah. and he wins a Super Bowl. Um, so at that point, he was just like, "Yeah, sign all the guys for the Legion of Boom, and when my time comes, I'll get signed." And so now the Legion of Boom isn't even there. Yeah, there, and, there's like maybe one guy left. And now the only maybe. guy left, to, the only guy left to pay is Russell Wilson. Yeah. So I think he's gonna get a big deal. He's not even among the top ten, like quarterbacks payment yeah, wise. I, I think he deserves it. I, I, think, I he think he deserves, he deserves it too. It. But hopefully they, uh, the deadline's coming up in like what less than a week, something like that. What was that? The deadline for him to get signed. What is it? Less oh, than the fifteenth. Yeah, yeah, Monday. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. But I don't know. There, there, there's a lot of interesting things going on in Seattle. There is. Going from the Legion of Boom Because they still made the playoffs without any of those guys. They did, which is impressive. Against the Cowboys. So, I don't know. I don't I don't know how it's working, but it's working. I'm excited to see who they draft, considering last year they drafted Penny, who they don't need. Yeah. <laughs> like, at all. I no, still can't believe they did that. Um, th- there was a lot of players left on the board that they could have drafted, and instead they took Penny when there you have Chris Carson, who had phenomenal year yeah and you got to sign russell wilson honestly it's just so weird how they gave him he gave him a date i guess he was like i'm tired of waiting just give me my money already 
I don't know. Maybe he's planning on uh, making a big purchase. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> he's doing something, but <laughs> it's just not like Russell Wilson to be like, all right, you have until now to pay me. Like usually, Russell Wilson's like he'll go well into camp, then make that contract. Yeah, like he, he's such a he's such a he's not like when you hear him talk, it's just nothing about him. It's all about the team, completely about the team. It's always about the team. And like I remember one of his first years when he was playing for uh, one of the games or one of the weeks, he bought his whole offensive line gifts. That's what every team does, though. I know, but I was just like, and he he was young, like it was his first or second year. It's like, yeah, he's, he's where he has not no paid money, he's much. not getting money. Yeah, and it was like, wow, you know, it was like when Deshaun Watson when he uh, donated his two first paychecks to the workers, it's cafeteria ladies. Yeah, that because mm-hmm. of the whole hurricane, like it was wow, that was. They're that, literally like the same. You know that Spider-Man meme where they're like pointing at each other. Yeah, that's them. Yeah. Literally them. <laughs> uh, dude, I like Russell Wilson a lot, man. Like it, see, for some reason, I always think of him in a Giants uniform, and I'm just like, yes, like like that's like yeah, probably a, that, a that great would be the thing ideal situation. That would be one of the best situations, especially if Odell was still there. Uh, yeah, that, that would have be... been awesome because I'm sure they would all get along perfectly. Yeah, and I'm pretty. Russell Wilson has amazing accuracy. Amazing. The fact that this dude put up amazing years with one of the worst lines. Yeah. Like ever. Like when I used to go over to your place and watch like the other games in like your backyard, this dude was scrambling everywhere. Yeah. Like he had nowhere to go. And he, and he would was, still make it work. He would still make it work somehow. This dude is crazy. You gotta give him that money. Any team would be lucky to take him. Honestly, he's one of my favorite like quarterbacks in the league. Like yeah. both on and off the field, he's like just a genuinely good dude. Yeah, I appreciate him a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> you keep being you, Russell Wilson. Yeah, you keep doing you. Um Last thing, and I hate talking about this every single week, but you really gotta. Apparently, the Giants are not going, are not, are not willing to give up their second or third round picks to try to get Rosen. And apparently, the Cardinals aren't even, don't even want it. But they still gonna draft Kyler Murray? Like what? That, what? I don't, I don't get it. There's but... a bunch of bets right now on DraftKings, and that is basically saying, oh, we, I think. That there's bets that say that he's going to go to the Pats or the Chargers, mm-hmm. and then there's the Giants, but it's looking more less likely that way. And people are like, oh, him going to the Patriots? That sounds like a fantastic idea. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, speaking of the Patriots, one thing that I just saw is that they're uh, re-signing Goskowski to a two-year deal. Goskowski. I remember that we were talking about it. I forgot he was it. a free agent. Yeah, we were talking about it, and we were like, what are they doing? Why are they not signing him? But... They, uh, yeah, they waited. They, they love it. waiting it out till last second, but yeah, two year deal. And then after, you know, now you don't have to waste a pick on a kicker, which they could have done in the second round, just like the Bucks. Yeah, but now <laughs> they don't have to. True. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird, dude. How, honestly, Philip Rivers, if he has a backup like Josh Rosen, that would be a pro- honestly a really good fit. Um, and then yeah. also it's a really good fit for the Pats because it's like they'll give up. This year's second, third, and fourth, and the next year's first and second, and then the third year's like six and seven pick to take Rosen and not look back. Like that's something that Pats would do to try to get Rosen. And yeah. the fact that the Giants aren't even inclined to do something like that, like if they don't want, like say, Eric, the Cardinals wanted something outrageous, like we want the first two, pi- we want two first round picks and then two second round picks. Yeah. For for Josh Rosen. For some reason, the Pats would be like, yes. And then the Giants, for some reason, are like, no. I'm like, you need that more than anyone. Especially considering they have Tom Brady going until he's, what, 45? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you need him now. Why don't you just make the move? I don't understand, dude. I hope something's going to happen. And honestly, it's less than a month from now that we're going to see 
um, the draft happen. So I'm very, yeah. very excited to see that. I am um, too. We're going to see the Jets make that make that uh, trade. Hopefully by then, maybe even before then, I'm banking on the day of. And then obviously, um, you know, wherever Kyler Murray goes is where everything changes. Yeah, that's if true. If the Cardinals take him, just, just give him to the Giants already, honestly. That's the yeah. best suitor for you. Yeah, it is true. But, I mean, I feel like they're going to be asking something big. What do you think of the fact that Cliff Kingsbury, first year, and he's – how long has he coached for? Like, not even, like, for a very long time in college either? Yeah, I don't think it was that long. And he comes in in his first year with the Cardinals, and he just has the authority to draft <laughs> Kyler Murray when he wants to? It doesn't make yeah. much sense to me. I don't like, know. Like, how much hand do you think he has in making that pick? I would assume not much, but – I, he is the head coach. Like that's a, like that, it's like a brand new scheme. I know, now. that's the thing. They it depends. I feel like on uh, the GM if if they're sitting here and they're like, "This is our plan," and uh, you're fitting into it, then that's then he has no pull. But if uh, you know if they're like, "Here you go, we've had issues. It's your team. You take it where you want it," then he can have a whole team. He can do whatever he wants. I feel like I feel like with the Cardinals, I would not be surprised if if they were just kind of like, you know, here's your team. You take it. We we did terrible last year. Like you want to bring in your whole new scheme. They didn't have Wilkes for a year, but the fact that Wilkes was the one who drafted Rosen, yeah, it's just like maybe Cliff doesn't even want this guy. Yeah, I um, know. I don't know. It's a very very strange situation. I don't think this dude should have all the authority to just some come out of nowhere where you need pieces in different areas and just draft yeah. Kyler Murray like it's whatever. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know, dude. This is going to be a very interesting draft. And it's not even like the most – it's a very defensive-oriented draft, but for quarterbacks, it is, yeah. it's like wherever they go is going to be very interesting to well, see how that thing, plays cause, out. Because they're even saying Haskins is dropping now. Yeah, there was like another mock draft that came yeah. out. Not Mel Kuyper, but someone else's that said, oh, he may even go to the Dolphins or something. Yeah, like they have him dropping. I'm like, so. if anyone's going to the Dolphins, it's going to be Drew Locke. If, if Haskins drops that low, especially considering – the three pick is up for grabs, and the skins need a quarterback. Yeah, how does he even drop that low? I don't even. Yeah. Know, I don't even know if that makes sense in any way. I don't know. Very strange. All right, so I guess we could wrap it up here. I don't have much else to talk about unless you did. No, nah, I don't have anything else. All right, we're good. So, um, just kind of wrap it up here. Um, make sure you guys follow the Twitter account, Franchise Tech Pod, where you can get um, the newest updates on brand new episodes, also with updates anywhere around the NFL. Uh, make sure you leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. And if, you want, if you're listening to us on a different platform, feel free to do that. Um, we're literally available anywhere you can think of, anywhere you stream podcasts. Um, but other than that, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>